What's up, everybody? Just want to let you know that this episode of the podcast is sponsored by Jungle Television. Jungle Television is creating gourmet art and streetwear drawn and screen printed by hand here in Portland, Oregon. And uh, this dude, Alex, is making some of my favorite art. And uh, I have a bunch of Jungle Television t-shirts. They are heavy in my rotation and just always blown away by the things that he is making the mushroom hunter jackets are some of my favorites those are really dope but yeah if you need jackets shirts hats just prints very cool prints um hit this dude up the jungle television link will be in the episode notes along with the instagram tag and if you use the code dcp at checkout you'll get 20 percent off of your next order so take advantage of that check out the uh the jungle television instagram cruise alex's designs um they're very very dope and next level appreciate his support and sponsorship of this thing let's start the episode what is happening everybody welcome back to another episode of the dan cable presents podcast thank you for tuning in to the show if this is your first time checking it out you can find fresh episodes coming at you every friday and if you want to help support the podcast in a free way, you can do so by clicking subscribe on iTunes, clicking write a review, giving the podcast five stars, you say a few nice words, and uh, that will help propel the podcast into the tops of the iTunes charts, giving it more visibility on the national and international levels, and just helping strangers find the podcast, a great way to contribute to the sustainability of this thing appreciate the hell out of all the folks that have already taken the time to do so appreciate you for just tuning in and you can also check out the dan cable presents youtube channel which features a bunch of in-studio performances and live show performances from musicians artists from all genres of music so definitely check that out if you are a music fan super stoked to get into episode 222 got Derek g on the show, Derek G is the host of the Portland Freethinkers Club, which is a podcast based out of Portland, Oregon, and he's about 25 episodes deep with that, and it's something I've had on my radar since it got going, and been seeing his video clips for a long time, and we had met at a show one night just in passing. And it seemed like we knew a lot of the same musicians, so I was stoked to uh, to have him on and find out about how he got his podcast going. And he also writes for something he founded called the Daily Depository. So he's uh, he's putting out a lot of stuff, and I've really just enjoyed the content that he's putting out regularly and consistently. And uh, just trying to tap into the next level of thinking, I suppose. And uh, I really appreciate the uh, the questions that he poses and 
the way he approaches um, conveying information around the uh, the things that he is talking about is, uh, I think, done in a pretty thoughtful way and um, one that really evokes thought and doesn't necessarily just tell you this is what I think. So I, I really... I really appreciate the the thought put in behind that, and uh, I definitely encourage people to to check out what Derek is doing. And I'll put all the links in the episode notes, especially if you dig this chat that I had with him, which I thought was really great. We did it on on campus at, at Portland State University, and uh, you know we we burned a couple down and got got a got extra buttered and and just really had this cool chat and really the first time that we we ever hung out and uh it was it was great to get to know this dude and i think that uh it's fun to get to see people build something from nothing and that's what i have of of, that is what i've observed rather uh with what derek is doing with the the free thinkers club and um yeah i think we connected having similar experiences of, of coming to Portland, Oregon and, and really getting to be a part of some sort of community here. So really appreciated this chat. And uh, also shout out to Derek gave me, I wanted to get one of these Portland free thinkers caps that he has. They're really dope. Um, you can check them out via the links I put in the, uh, the episode notes. And I would encourage you to, to pick one up because they're, they're very cool, but I appreciate him, uh, him, him giving me one of those and uh, gave me a really sweet message with it that I was really not expecting and, and super taken back from. So I, I really appreciate this dude, and I really appreciate the chat we had. I'm super stoked to share it. Uh, we are going to uh, share some music to kick this episode off with, and we're going to play it out with some music as well because it's primarily is a uh, a music podcast and uh i asked derek i know i know he uh you know used to have a music podcast himself so i wanted to uh i wanted to give him an opportunity to to curate the uh the two songs that i chose so um to to feature on the episode so what you're gonna hear to kick off this episode is uh this really great track from a dude named david barber who's been on this podcast a while back with with uh with this dude lee hauser man i can't even tell you that must have been somewhere maybe in the 70s of the episodes it's been a, it's been a long time but um we had a really really great chat and i think david is is a pretty unreal lyricist and his mind for music is is pretty impressive and and i appreciate a lot of the people that uh that he seems to surround himself with regularly and there is there is amazing cast of people on this blue is on this which is amazing uh it features charlie brown it uh features jeff chilton who is such a, a killer musician great dude um cory lamaco sorry if i'm botching last names doing my best here and uh carrie miga so a big roster of people on this track and uh 
It's called Earth Garden. That's what we're going to kick the episode off with. I'll put all the links in the episode notes. Uh, really appreciate people checking this thing out and uh, continuing to tune in, especially you folks that are uh, maybe 200 episodes deep. Maybe maybe you even tune into the, uh, the I Dig Records volumes that come out periodically or uh, caught the No Justice, No Peace series, which was uh, not too long ago as well. All kinds of things coming out in the feed so uh yeah i just appreciate people continuing to uh to check this thing out it's uh it's fun it's fun that it's fun still if that makes any sense but anyway let's get into this thing episode 222 coming at you Derek g is on the show and kicking it off with this david barber track david barber and blue and a wonderful cast of folks it is called Earth Garden. Let's do the damn thing. Don't fight the daily battle, I'm no warrior, though. Just a warrior. Trying to see clear, but my lens has been blurrier than ever And the constant conflict of now and never's getting heavy It's discouraging to wake up wishing you had not Envying the haves, pitying the have-nots Sorta living in the past, always listening to cats I would bump way back in the day, it keeps me warm Coming down from a night full of mirage and lights And a life full of storm on a worse day But I keep it cool, calm, collect my check Then go lay at the back on a perfect man, chill Wait for some inspiration to build Pray for civilization to kill itself for too long So that we can all just be people again And feel peaceful when we sleep Raw, rugged and raw, busting the door, busting the fall, don't trust you no more. You used to be a rib from the bosom of God, knowing you should be alive, whether you Muslim or not. I am the father, son and brother. I have a daughter, sister and mother. She will become, no matter how many I have, she is the one. She memorizes every hook that I said, like comedic. She used to memorize the book of the dead. Knowing the queen is less than the goddess that God is Open your left hand, the earth is the garden And we starving, open your right mind and have a harvest The new season is our return to Eden Thank God for a green age we can believe in I'm stoked to sit down and, and, and chat with you and get to know you a bit. Appreciate you, dog. Um, I've definitely taken notice to what you've been doing with the the Portland Free Thinkers Club. And I know the, the Daily Depository is also you. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, man, just just been checking out the, the different things that you've had to say. Kind of spent the, the day-to-day, you know, diving into some of the the more recent episodes and and just seems like you're curious about a lot of shit oh yeah and uh yeah i'm just stoked to stoked to find out where uh where that fire comes from and everything and uh, yeah we're we're in on campus here at portland state university um quarantine campus quarantine campus (laughs) yeah. yeah uh you know, I think it's important for for the the people to uh, that don't live in the Portland, Oregon area um, to know 
especially at this moment in time with how the, the news is kind of portrayed what's going on in this city that uh, everything we are we are what three four blocks away from from the the justice center right here we're probably a solid five exactly not far at all and uh, you'd have no idea that anything was going on in this general area the city is not on fire beautiful summer day <laughs> it's a beautiful quiet day here on the Portland State University campus um, this is where you live Derek this is where I live. Well, you know, approximately. I don't live on campus, but, you know, I live in the apartments a couple blocks out. And, uh, you know, it, it's the time is up over here for me. You know, I graduated college last year, but in the midst of the pandemic, this is actually a pretty solid spot to be. No one out here you can enjoy some peace and silence, which is odd, right? Because, like you just said, Portland has been magnified in the news locally and nationally. And the fear-mongering tactics have worked, man. People aren't over here. So someone got the job done, you know? Yeah, it's funny. I, I came out to the protest maybe last last Sunday and hadn't been out in a few days. But, you know, rolling out 7.30, 8 p.m. on a Sunday. And, and, yeah, people are still biking through the city. They're still on their scooters and, you oh, know, yeah. doing their, uh, their summer Portland shit. Well, what's beautiful about it is that people... They can, you know, you see a lot of bikers, you see a lot of these average Portland people that you will see anywhere in Portland that'll do their little part-time protest. And it's a beautiful thing because people is like, all right, I'm going to go get my little vegan option over here for lunch. I'm going to go stroll around, hit this protest real fast, you know, for a couple hours, and then I'm going to bounce out, do my thing. And then, of course, you have the different factions, the people who are super hardcore about it. And, you know, regardless, all these people are exercising their right to free speech and free assembly. And I love to see it because you shouldn't let nobody shut you down. Shouldn't let nobody, you know, control your right to express the way that you feel. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm really proud of what's going on, despite some things that I don't necessarily agree with, like, you know, a little bit of the property damage and stuff, even though I understand why it's being done. Yeah, likewise, man. I think it's, yeah, it's tough for some people to see past that shit, too. And yeah. Obviously, it distracts from the cause of, yeah. of, like, what's really going on. And it really plays into uh, one side of the narrative. That's, that's like, what one side of the, of, of the people, like, really want to see so they can say, like, it's a bunch of anarchists mm -hmm. out here just destroying things and uh and there's a reason for these uh these these authoritative figures to to use force if if they're trying to break into this building and whatnot and it's framing it's all framing man i think it's it's tactical justification is what i consider it. it's tactical property damage to justify further actions that are magnitudes above the you know reaction it probably deserves you know that's my opinion on it I just think a lot of the way that a lot of the ways things have been handled have been escalated due to mob mentality on many, many sides of the equation. And what I appreciate is being able to even speak to you without you being flabbergasted already and have just an open mind as to what actually is occurring out here, because things have been polarized, as they always do. And you either have to be on one side or the other, and there is no gray area. And I've been hearing that a lot, that there is no gray area on these issues. I don't agree. I think life is a complex thing. 
life is often a gray area. Yeah, most of it, <laughs> you know, if not all of it, you know, life is an incredibly complex thing. And I think it's a very humanistic response to want to make things black and white. I think that, you know, people are looking for an easy solution to just a complex problem, like I said. So, you know, as long as we can have open dialogue, open communication and like use that without adhering to groupthink and you know being married to our ideas where it will be headed in the right direction i believe yeah it's uh yeah i think it's important for people to just be aware that it's okay to disagree you oh, know yeah. and, it, and it and it can be i i see where that it can become hard and and feel threatening when it um is more of like a human concern and not a political one of course you know and there there are those things that that i understand where where things get really heightened but yeah i was just talking to a buddy you know recently and uh just just letting him know that you know we can always talk about shit like i don't i don't need you to agree with everything that i think nor do i really want you to it's it's uh i don't know it wouldn't it wouldn't be as interesting if if everybody just agreed with you and, and you wouldn't develop any sort of values yourself, I don't think, that way. For sure. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. How much time on average, you know, do you spend on social media or do you believe that the average American spends on social media? I, I will tell you that I, I spend way too much. For sure. Uh, I wish I spent less. And the, well, the reason why I ask this, it really, it really doesn't matter at the end of the day. But I think too the, many hours, though. Yeah, the average American, <laughs> I think, probably spends like maybe a solid six to ten hours on their phone, active use, especially during the quarantine. It's been heightened, you know. Yeah. And the reason why I bring this up is because the beauty of social media, the beauty of these platforms, is they've given us choice, they or a pseudo choice, right? They've given us the opportunity to curate our timelines, whether it's Twitter whether it's Facebook, whether it's Instagram, you know, Facebook, Instagram, basically the same thing now. They've given us the choice to entrench ourselves in these echo chambers. And sometimes that's not a bad thing because if you think about what a lot of people are trying to do is they want to find like-minded individuals who share common values. Right. Not a problem whatsoever until you make that your entire reality. When social media becomes your reality, and groupthink is all that you see. You never see any opinion that differs from the status quo or from what your in-group status quo is. Then you become you get a distorted perception of what the real world is. And I think that's what happened in the 2016 election. Not to be political, I just think this is a good example because I was living in Santa Barbara, California at the time. And on the West Coast in California, especially in the, that little bubble, right, you know, it, it's pretty liberal, man. It's a pretty liberal place. Some places like where I grew up, Modesto, California, a lot of that middle land, it, it'll be a little conservative. But there was no perception that Donald Trump would win anywhere. Yeah. I, I, uh, I was very surprised from the people that had that mentality because mm-hmm. I kind of didn't see it that way okay you know especially going going into that day i remember coming home i was with my grandparents at the time my other cousin was staying there as well and i just remember the looks on their face like not only like disturbed that this dude was winning but also just like in in real shock pure you know and i'm just like yeah like of course like 
why why wouldn't he have a chance like yeah to to do this thing Agreed. you know there's yeah and, and it's because everything is so polarizing yeah you know? and the pendulum just kind of keeps swinging back and forth from like heavy right to heavy left and it's all reactions from it and uh yeah, I don't know when that stops or how it stops. Yeah, I don't know if it will stop, but I, I just brought up that example really to show that subversion is definitely at hand, right? For sure. People, I, I can't, listen, I don't want to use the they's, right? I don't want to refer to them and they, right? Those guys, whoever it is. But I do want to say that there are jobs where your literal job is to learn how to take a power structure and make it collapse people's jobs to do that and one of the ways that they do that is by spreading spreading propaganda it's the it's the classic you know what i mean approach to it we've been doing it for years it's not a secret we know this already and i think that when they were just trying to make it frame it as to where nobody knew anyone who would vote for trump or nobody uh, had any clue that he would win it, that is subversion at its finest subversion to make you feel that you're in a reality that doesn't line up with the rest of what the real world is. And that's really all I have on that. But I just, that's why I bring up social media is because when we spend the majority of our time on social media, our reality becomes distorted. For sure. Because it, like you said, I, it's often an echo chamber. Yeah. You, you know, that's kind of the reality that you create there is usually you, you kind of follow the people you want to follow. You don't, you don't follow the people who you think are ridiculous or, or you do as more of like a hate watch kind yeah. of thing, or just to like be like, how, what crazy shit did they say today? Yeah. But yeah, my buddy, Andrew, who I host the, the Bible buds podcast, we were just talking about this too is, is, you know, a majority of the people that, you know, are seeing the shit in my Instagram story already agree with me that black lives matter or, you know, that, yeah. that this is, you know, like this, that police brutality is bullshit. So like, who am I really hammering? Maybe, maybe that one or two people that kept up with me from high school and, and maybe lean a little more conservative than I do and, and kind of see me as the dude that moved to Portland, Oregon, <laughs> like I is dig, out at these protests and shit, yeah, you know, yeah. thinking that I'm like a ridiculous, uh, you know, just fucking all in liberal, you know, yeah. snowflake. Or whatever you know, <laughs> whatever they want to call them. Yeah, whatever, yeah. whatever they, whatever they want to call it. So, yeah, it is, uh, and it, it's just really not like a great place for any sort of like discourse to happen either. Not you know? constructive discourse, you know, not discourse where I'm not already confirming your your bias, right? Because that's what I think it becomes is whatever we can do to fulfill confirmation bias. I'm going to show you whatever article that backs my side of the story, but I'm not going to look into the other side. And I love the quote. I I, I don't know who, who said it, man, so I butchered it on this one. But the <laughs> quote is, you know, an individual who knows one side of the story and not the other knows little of both. And I truly feel that we're walking around with half of the story for a lot of our arguments because we're not. If your argument is really that good, shouldn't it stand up to criticism? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that's kind of how, um, you know, before we got on the mics, we were talking about faith yeah. and, and just that kind of a triggering word for people that aren't don't identify as religious or something like that. But sure. I, th I think it can be often uh, people of faith uh, when you. You know, like, hey, I, I really want you to see this piece of material, and you know, I want I want you to see this uh, 
this video that might maybe make you, you know, question what you think the existence of God is or like, you know, what the, the foundation of this Bible is or whatever. And the, and the people that are kind of like scared of that and don't want to check it out always kind of, uh, I kind of always notice that as like, oh, like that's, that's kind of like a chink in your armor. You and know, why do you think that is? Because they're they're scared that it's going to shake their foundation. Because maybe their identity is tied to their belief. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and I mean that's that's something we've, you know, my buddy Andrew, not to bring up Bible buds again, but that's no, like please. we've been talking to so many people because we're coming at this podcast from as two people that grew up grew up. I grew up Catholic. He grew up Christian. Him heavy, me not, but had that as the framework in some way. Mm-hmm. And neither of us identify with it anymore, but both very spiritually curious and uh, lean into like the real mystical side of religion and, and the mystery of it all. And, uh, you know, maybe induced a bit from from psychedelic adventures and shit like that. But uh, something that's going to be on a ballot this November. Yeah, psilocybin, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Um, but, you know, talking a lot of the people that we are talking to are people that did grow up religious and don't really fuck with it anymore but still you know have some ties to it and for the for the you know noticing this kind of thing with with people that are really immersed in their faith and it becomes their whole community like they go to a catholic high school or they go to a christian school and then all their friends are christian they're always at all the christian events if they bail from that their entire identity is tied to this thing and the fallout from that can be like pretty tremendous. So you have to have like a, a pretty huge desire or a lot of courage to like step outside of that, even if you start to feel like it's not the right thing. Because like you said, like your entire identity is tied to this thing and it's going to be a crazy shift in your foundation. You know, like anything like that, when you, when you see the world one way, and it turns out not to be that way. It's always a significant shift. For sure. Yeah. And you brought up a good point by saying, you know, it's basically your identity, your community. You don't want to lose your community, right? And when you think, I like to look back at, like, evolution or people long, long, long ago when we were hunter and gatherers into these small tribes. And I like to think that the reason why we want to be part of the in-group has to do with something many, many years ago. So if you're in these little little tribes, right, and what? let me ask you, what do you think? What is one of the worst things that can happen to you as a punishment by the community if you're in a small hunter-gatherer tribe? Oh, I, I mean, I guess being excommunicated from that tribe. Being shunned from the tribe, you know, Because right. you need those resources. So do, would you... As a thought experiment, would you follow me down this road in this, you know, thought that we don't want to we want to fit into the in-group because somewhere deep down in our neural networks, you know, if you want to go abstract with me somewhere down in those memories that maybe have been uh, like epidemiology, you know, epigenetics, right? Something like that. Follow me here. If an old evolutionary instinct it kicks in at that point and says, like, because I used to need this group for resources, for safety, for all these other reasons that I'm having this visceral reaction to being shunned from the in-group, why I feel like I need to fit in to the in-group, you know? I don't know. It's only a question. I have no answer on that one, but I like to think about it from time to time because I myself like to fit into the in-group from time to time. 
You know, of course, man. As much as I try to do this, you know, thought experiment on my platform on a weekly basis that says, hey, challenge your beliefs, ask questions. It's okay to to challenge your belief, because if your belief is really solid, has that real solid foundation, like we said, then it would stand up to criticism. And that should be that, you know, but the more that we go and fool ourselves into thinking that we can't ask these questions and that we can't explore taboo things, those taboo things will remain to be scary to us because they're unknown. You're scared of what you don't know, right? Yeah. It's it's uh it's interesting. It's always interesting to me like the people that don't want to really take a look at both sides, you know? But you could say is a lot of people, would you assume? Uh, yeah, I mean, just in, the empirical new, like major news bro- broadcasts <laughs> have like made their their butter off of that, you know? Like it's But do you think they go home? after they get off work because it's got to be a job to them too you think they oh go i home? think i think like tucker carlson and all those people are just like they're clowns like you get paid they're to entertainers do it, you know like um yeah i i like oh man <laughs> like why when i watch candace owens speak like i can't imagine that that she like these are really these are her real thoughts sure like it's like no you're just like saying shit because it's it's triggering it, you know, it's controversial shit. Can can I rebuke you there? Yeah. Not even in a in a debated type fashion, right? But just as a thought experiment once again. So you had posted a clip of Candace Owens, right? And it was just like you were kind of like laughing at it or saying like she can't be serious. And totally like I was like, let me check oh, this yeah, out. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was the it was the Mark Lamont yeah, interview. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Which rightfully so. Like she was. And she I was actually. Spazzing. Yeah, I kind of posted it more of like I said that he was the the king of patience because he he, he really like I felt like he did a really good job. Like, honestly, I, th- I don't think if you scored it from like an argument standpoint, I don't think he won the argument. <laughs> like, I think that she, you yeah. know, brought a lot of shit to him that that he didn't have a whole lot to say about. But sure. also, I just thought like his like we were talking about can can people have a conversation that disagree? And I thought that was a clinic in that. Totally. Because those two people are on way fucking opposite sides of the room. Spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. But the reason I bring this up, like I said, it's not even to be confrontational whatsoever, but I really, I had heard the name. I saw the Joe Rogan episode before, but I really, it was out of sight, out of mind, right? Until I saw you post that. So I was like, you know what? Let me check out what she has to say, which first I think many people wouldn't do that because they would say, oh, I follow Dan. Dan says like, you know, X, Y, and Z. So I'm just not going to check it out because he already did the research for me. <laughs> right. right. But instead, let me check it out. Let me form my own opinion. So I check it out and I watch, and I'm going to be honest with you. I only watched the episodes or historically, I have only watched the episodes where Candace Owen is debating with a, another black liberal. Okay. And I intentionally have viewed these episodes because when I've seen where conversations where she's talking with white conservatives, they're just, you know, confirming each other's beliefs. Yeah, they're just like verbally blowing each other. Exactly, for lack yeah, of a better sure. phrase, right? Yeah. But, you know, so I'm watching these and this is what I'm what I'm seeing is this. Okay, yes, delivery in a lot of places, it's not it. She's coming at a very confrontational, political, divisive standpoint in, in many, many cases. But just like everything else in life, there is some merit to what she has to say. Well, Correct? yeah, because yeah. she, that's the whole thing with, with her and maybe other people that are similar is that it's not that she doesn't have facts yeah about things you know it just like all seems to like really lack any sort of like compassion for or like it it denies like a different 
part of the facts to me, I guess. I, I think that she addresses it too too much from a logical standpoint and not from a humanistic standpoint in right. many, many cases. But like I said, you know, just like with anybody else, you can't throw the baby out with the, with the bathwater or whatever the phrase goes. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. And um, yeah, I mean, I bring that up, too, just like because I like watching the shit I don't disagree with uh, or rather that I do disagree with. Yeah. You agreed, know? agreed. And I love the, you know, some people would argue that it's dangerous to give people a platform that have like these ideas. And I just kind of disagree with that pretty, like pretty hardly for the most part. And I, I think it's just, it informs my perspective so much to actually get to hear these people have an hour conversation a two hour conversation. Yeah. And Chances are I am going to walk away saying, whoa, that person made some good points. I still strongly disagree with 95% of the shit that they say. Um, but there's something there. But I think that there is something there. And then, you know, and then I think that there's this whole other uh, form of it where it is people that are just kind of like playing a character because it's like what sells. And maybe they're not super tied to those ideas at all. And they're just like, this is how they you know, pay their bills and, and do their thing. You, know? you got to think, man, political commentary, it, it's simply just an entertainment. It's like if you watch what people watch the news to be entertained, or if they didn't, we would just have a ticker at a, in a, on a screen just saying like headlines or saying the news. There would be no people speaking if we just wanted news, right? right. But no, we want commentary too. But yeah, man, I, I love that outlook to be able to just say like man let me just check it out and form my own opinion really that's what i urge people to do i urge people to stop with the group think stop just believing it because your friends believe it you know because at the end of the day you're letting people think for you if, if that is your methodology if that's your behavior day in and day out you know unless you really trust the people that you know you're friends with yeah I mean, you should think I, for yourself i uh i would say that i lean to the left yeah um i would like to be in more you know i'm i'm definitely somebody that doesn't agree with the two-party system and just like believes that this all plays into the divide and you know just the way america works and uh so i don't really see that going away but yeah just have a hard it would it would be so incredibly stupid of me to think that conservative people have no good ideas you yeah. know like, that's insane it's these stereotypes that we proliferate though right and we say you know it, it's i i don't even want to parrot it really but you know they'll say liberals are smart conservatives are stupid and it's like dude how can you just label and you generalize a whole entire half of america or maybe even more i, don't, I really don't know it's probably more than half of america as just stupid you know they're not dumb people you know what i mean they have beliefs you don't agree with you have beliefs they don't agree with yeah Absolutely. You know, you don't got to. And this this is just the scary part for me is we label people to discredit them. And would you agree that if you had something that was considered to be incredibly dangerous because maybe it bordered too far on the truth that the public, you know, you don't want uh, public hysteria, right? Mass hysteria. If someone had really powerful words or powerful, dangerous information, oftentimes they get labeled and they get discredited right and it's easy you just slap a label on someone say oh they're crazy you you know make up some reason why they had you know some type of psychosis or something like that we throw that on them and and now everything they say is meaningless yeah and it's sure. problematic just because it's not participating in the free market of ideas 
Yeah. Which is what I think you were you were talking about, right? Saying like, you know, I apologize. I don't remember. But we talking no, about with the no. free market. No, no, I d- I think yeah. that that that's that's pretty much where I was heading with it is yeah. is I just I like the idea of you know, the market especially in the internet age, I feel like it's just going to like determine what they fuck with and what they don't. Yeah. And, and you had said um, having letting someone have a platform could be dangerous and that you don't agree. That's where the free market of ideas circles back. That's what I was trying to circle back to. For, for sure. Because, in, yeah, because I want to see the people that I don't like have their platform, too, so that I can continue to tune in and be like, yeah, this shit, I still don't align with this. Yeah. Yeah. But like, just because I don't like it doesn't mean that you can't say it. Right. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a hard pill to swallow, man. It really is because it hurts us at a visceral level you know it hits us an emotional level but for sure it's all part of its own like ego trip you know like yeah yeah hell yeah man you know but i appreciate you and i appreciate you know the way that you think because i've met a lot more people who are very very close-minded and you can't get them to budge i don't know man you know yeah i just think it's important to hear um both sides of the argument just like you were saying i think that that's like you're you're really ill-informed if you've only heard one side of it and i think it's hard to do i'm not i'm no saint with this you know there's plenty of times where i you know find the story and i'm just like yep this is what it was Mm -hmm. because like you tie your emotion to it when you tie your emotions to it you know shit gets shit gets foggy and we don't i don't think we don't practice we don't practice patience enough actually i don't think i feel like i know that i I mean yeah it's just a hard thing to learn because it's yeah, it's like almost unteachable from person to person in some ways. You can consider that it's like, what would you say? Instant gratification, right? But we've been conditioned on a mass scale of instant <laughs> gratification. So we can't now hear this out, man. Ten years ago, right? Ten years ago, I was more than willing if I order something online to wait 14 business days, no problem. Of course. Now, if I don't get my package in two days, it's a problem. <laughs> I got Amazon Prime for a reason. I yeah, need my right? package now. I don't need it in two days. I actually need it in four hours. Amazon, come on, do your thing, you know? And I think it's scary because I was so used to be able to not go with that. Now it's just a part of my life. And if it were to be taken away from me, I was dependent on a technology that you know maybe we only get because we're spoiled because we've been in peacetime for so long you know as a generation we haven't suffered any real adversity except 9-11 but that doesn't really count for us right yeah. there's been time to <laughs> spend on on tinkering with toys exactly shit to you know advance the the technology oh you're right for sure it's uh it's it's harder and harder to be patient when everything is is happening like so fast and everything is kind of like on demand now sure so when it's not, what do you do? <laughs> That's a great question. I really don't know, man, because we, we are all going to be fish out of water, um, you know, especially if the economy keeps heading where it's going, man. Things are going to start changing. Might not have as much time to play with those toys. Might have to work a little harder, you know. But that's a topic for a whole nother you know <laughs> conversation right there. <laughs> uh, talk, talk to me about how, how you start the, the Free Thinkers Club, your, okay. your, your show. 
yep. your platform and, and as well as the the daily depository and like what which one comes first and i'll try to break the whole thing down for you because it is a little bit of a complicated thing so portland free thinkers club before i was doing that i made my name more or less out here for being the music guy i was uh derek g the host of the just a moment podcast who featured exclusively like musicians business people self-starters things of that nature right and i was doing it and i was being successful to my you know level of what successful was but i realized something was missing and what i thought was missing was this people were tuning in for my guest which is a good thing. I'm giving them a platform, really. I'm yeah. just asking questions, facilitating my interest, right? Right. But I've always really felt that I've had something to say, you know? I don't I don't have to be the guy in front of the camera. I just want to tell my story, you know? I've always felt that being where I came from, I tried to get heard. People didn't care about what I had to say, which is the unfortunate part about when you're starting to build a platform is people truly don't care. It's like you're talking to a wall for the first couple of years. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I'm doing this thing. I'm meeting these people. People begin to reach out to me to say, hey, I would like to be on your podcast. To me, I was just humbled that someone would take 60 minutes out of their day to just speak to me. It really, you know, it, it might sound crazy, but it was a very humbling experience. Yeah, dude, every every time still, I'm going to walk away from this, the same thing, just that you were willing to set aside a couple hours of your time and be like, yeah, I'll, I'll do this with you today. Is is a, It's cool when people want to take the time to do that. For sure. And, and maybe it tells you, like it, like it told me at the time, that I'm heading in the right direction, right? That was the beginning. But, you know, I have... I like to think big, right? You know, I think that we get told that we have these limitations. And even though, you know, humanistically, yes, there are certain limitations in life. If you limit your mind, that's where you end right there, man. You know, the mind can achieve crazy things if you just program that thing the right way, you know, for lack of better terms. But so I'm doing this Just a Moment podcast. I get about 30 something episodes deep. I was just an audio based platform in the beginning about episode 22, 23. It was with David Barber. It was my first video episode. I was like, damn, I'm Joe Rogan now. Like I'm killing <laughs> the game, right? Because I'm watching Joe Rogan. I'm watching the Arian Foster Now What podcast. I'm watching, you know, Jocko's podcast. Jocko Willinks, you know, yeah. hardcore ass, military ass podcast. I'm watching these things and I'm doing the, the big mistake that a lot of people do. And I say, bro, they're just talking. I could talk too. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it can't be that hard. And then you start and then you listen to your first couple episodes and you say, why did I even decide to put myself in front of a microphone at all? But we'll fast forward. You know, I get 30 episodes or so deep and I realize that I can't do this anymore. Um, I'm not only a, a, a talent agent recruiting guests every single week because I'm doing this on a strictly weekly basis. So little margin, uh, you know, little room for error. So I'm a talent agent. I am a video editor, not a very good one. So my, I wasn't efficient at all. I was spending way more time than I needed to uh, editing these these podcast episodes because I just didn't know how to edit well. You know, I'm self-taught. So I'm that. I am the star of the show, basically, because I have to formulate these questions. Right. And I have to facilitate the conversation. And, you know, you're wearing 10 different hats. And I realized that this is too much for me. My heart isn't in it. So I stopped abruptly. And then I started the Daily Depository. And the Daily Depository was my transition to uh, my transition, excuse me, to a archaic medium of expression, which was writing, you know, because I think that I have these ideas, but when I could write it out, because English was one of my favorite, you know, subjects in school, believe it or not, English and like history. Do you write growing up? I, I wrote academically. 
Okay. And that's where I lost my juice because I attended Portland State University as a uh, public health major and I had to write research papers for two and a half years. That took all of the creativity out of my brain and told me how to write in simply, purely a logical approach that scientists will read and all that. Yeah, and probably didn't want, want to make you write anyways, if that's all you're doing. So now this was my transition in saying, I'm going to write and I'm going to write about whatever I want. What do I want to do? I want to empower people's stories. I want to empower people's stories who I feel are underrepresented. And what I mean by that isn't, you know, whatever your circumstances were. It means that I think you're super dope and people, you're just not on the radar yet. Let me put you on a radar. I got a very tiny radar, but let me put you on what I got. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Understood, man. Yeah, you feel me? That's so, what I'm doing here. <laughs> so it's like, let me just try to do what I can. It's mutually it's uh, mutually beneficial. I'm helping you. You're helping me. You're helping me build my network, and I'm helping you build your network, right? Easy. So I'm doing that. I'm doing that. And then I realized, man, I, I love talking. I can't stop talking. Someone starts talking to me, I can't shut my mouth, right? So I was like, uh, you know... I think I'm going to do this this podcasting again. And this is why you're doing the the writing for the Daily Depository. Yeah, so I and get yeah. What what do you like what do you kick in Daily Depository off with as far as like things you're 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 writing about? P- just people, you know what I mean? It's it might be just a little random blog excerpt, uh, uh, excerpt you know what I mean, from yeah. me about something super random just about like a life philosophy, you know. I love talking about philosophy. I'm sure you could tell. I like to take things in odd directions. And I started with that and then I transitioned purely into writing about people because I have all these musician friends, right? I'm the music guy, but I didn't go to school for music. I went to school for science. You know, I was supposed to be a doctor, you know what I'm saying? But like that didn't pan out. So I got all these music friends. I'm not a musician, right? So I roll up. Let's let, let me just take you as a quick aside. I roll up to Growler's Tap Room one night. Uh, Mal London performing. I with think butter? Empress is performing. <clears throat> And uh, Dan Cable is hosting the event. Hell yeah. Oh, look at this, you know? So I roll up. I'm doing my videography thing. I'm always there. People are like, oh, so like, I think you asked me, oh, yo, so like what you play? You know what I mean? What instrument you play? Camera. I'm the, the camera. The common man. question if you're in a room. Full of musicians. Yeah, yeah. In Portland, Oregon, it's just like always the thing. It's like, oh, you play music too? And yeah. it's like, yeah. So that, that's the, the beauty is I befriended all of these people in the strangest of ways, in a very natural, organic way. So I just got all these musician friends, right? So I say like, hey man, like for example, one of one of my guys, Chang Park, one of the heaviest trumpeteers or trumpeters, uh, I think in all of Portland. Amazing player. I really think this guy is, listen, Chang Park, remember the name. That's all I'm gonna say, just remember that name. So a cat like him, super humble, doesn't really like to be in front of the camera other than when he's playing. So since we're pals, you know, he gives me opportunity to come and interview him, right? Why not? We do it, I type it out, what is there to lose? And you don't have to have him in front of a mic. Well, so what I'm doing, exactly. But what I'm doing, I am recording it, but it's a conversation. But but yeah. you don't have to like he doesn't have to present his voice exactly. to the people like something like this he can still kind of be he can do his thing and he out don't of focus be it. and it just gets to be this piece that you write upon exactly. the information you have on this person and the experiences you've had with them exactly and you know yeah so it's me intertwining all of these things but but the piece is to say like for example I believe it's the one that I wrote about Chang was I I'm, I've also worked in the food and beverage industry pretty much my whole life in terms of my nine to five job right? same so I really think that food service. People, workers are super mistreated, don't get the credit that they deserve. Ooh, it teaches you some shit. It does. I'll tell you what. It does. Um, you know, 
Yeah, I think I think uh, Daniel Tosh had a line about uh, that everybody should have to do like food service or like be a six w- months of it. You know? Yeah, to to serve people because you deal with everybody, you deal yeah. with all walks of life, and you see how fucking terrible it is most of the time. And you see how people will treat you when they're hungry. You know what I mean? And it's not very good most of the time. Yeah. You know, very inconsiderate, right? So I just felt like, you know, service workers are mistreated. They're undervalued. You know, they're considered to be essential employees. What do you know? You know, like, to an extent, right? You know, keeping these businesses still alive. Like, you know, these guys got to hand out the food, whatever the case may be, right? But the point is, is these service workers, they're kind of curating your night, right? You go out to a growler's tap room. It's a little bit smaller, right? So let's say you go out to the Doug Fur, right? You got the bartender. You got these service workers kind of going around collecting the drinks. You got all the, the production crew, all these people who are doing manual labor, more or less, curating your great night. You know, you just got off work and these people are working. So first, you know, appreciate and understand, like, let me let me uh, lift the veil that like these dudes are working for you, man. So like have some respect, you know, like your night wouldn't be as good if they weren't working their ass off. You know, if, ever, if all the employees were just assholes and didn't want to do their job the night would dis- be dysfunctional for sure but often that that narrative gets like flipped to like yeah they are working for me you yeah. know <laughs> yeah and, and that's not how it should be, you're serving you know? me i'm paying for this meal like you know that kind of that mentality is is uh, entitlement you know yeah entitlement it's too much of that and that's the thing is like they are paying for it so like they are right to an extent but you should have common courtesy and you should treat people the way that you want to be treated theoretically right yeah absolutely so, so you know so when do you get um when do you decide that you're going to jump on the mic again and and start kind of sharing some thoughts in a, in a different way so i i'm i've also been a graphic designer right so i'm sitting here at home board one night smoking some weed creating a logo right I always like kind of that little vintage look, that old school look. It's kind of been my aesthetic, more or less. Get a hat. Get a Portland yeah. Free Thinkers Club hat because yeah. they're dope. And uh, I've been gifted one. And, yes, and you should you should get yourself one, too, because it it's really dope. Appreciate you. Yeah. DailyDepository.com slash shop. Get yours now. The link will be in the episode notes. Dig. So um, where was I? Before I interrupted you no oh i'm making the logo no i'm making the logo this the logo you see on the hat this is the logo i'm making i like this old vintage type stuff that's my aesthetic so i go and shop it around to some confidants of mine some associates that i say hey man like i kind of value your input i just want to see what do you think in terms of aesthetic right and got some mixed reviews but i really liked it i didn't care about what people thought i just wanted to do it because i wanted to make sure that you know at least there was some type of oh that's kind of dope right at least you think it's kind of dope i think it's super dope we'll meet in the middle there perfect making the logo and i'm saying well now i got a really dope logo i got to do something with it now i'm not going to give this to nobody this is the portland free thinkers club i google search ain't no portland free thinker nothing so i'm just like okay well first off that's already my lane first off i'm already questioning everything right so let's just follow down that lane and let me be the talent and what i mean by that is the podcast is simply an an extension of my mind the podcast is a representation a mirror of what i'm thinking about during the day so when you hear me talk about dystopian topics and dystopian themes and mistrust of the government and artificial intelligence and facial recognition and you know channeling creativity with hypnagogia you know when you, when you hear me talking about all these things it's because i'm searching for that information i feel like it's not being fed to us on a on a regular basis and i feel like dystopian 
even though if you look at the definition of the word, it is inherently negative, but you know what I mean? People, people don't like that. They don't want to learn about that. And I want to learn all about that because if anything, I feel like, you know, on my 1984, you know what I mean? Shout out to George Orwell. I just think that thought police are here. Thought police are already killing us right now. Thought police, AKA PC police, you know what I mean? Telling us what we can and cannot say. And we already went through that discussion, right? But I think that people shouldn't control that the way the way that you think. So I decided to make my platform a platform of that. You know what I mean? Evading thought police at all costs and getting your daily dose of skepticism, freeing the world of dogma one thinker at a time. That's the Portland <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, you know, from listening, I think my takeaway from it is uh, is I think often people can like approach something like you're doing like a free thinking mentality <clears throat> and it can be um it can go like a little too far out where it's like not super palatable sure i think and it kind of just like makes them look like that crazy person sure. we, we, we talked about um but i think like when listening to the the information that you are putting out or or the uh the thoughts that you're sharing is that it feels pretty balanced to me. You know, I was like listening to uh, a recent episode. I think it was maybe like 19. You're talking about uh, psilocybin being legalized sure. somewhere in that somewhere, somewhere in there. that range. Right. And uh, and and just I don't know the way that you're presenting like these facts like or presenting a study. You know, mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like you're just telling me like these antidotes necessarily. You know, it seems like you're do taking the time to like really research these things and spending a lot of time developing your own thoughts and, op and opinions about them but how do you how are you if you feel like that is that like a fair assessment you feel like what you're doing is like a pretty balanced uh, approach to it and trying to look at it from both sides i think it's very fair and i think whatever you take from it is fair, you know, like your opinion is subject to be your own, you know, and I just got to take it for what it's worth. But I think I, the, I think the reason why you say that is because I've found a formula and I flipped the formula a little bit. Normally people pose questions, then give answers. I just pose questions. I let you formulate your own answer. I just give you the information. I say, Hey, I read mm. this study. I did this. Uh, hey, I'm gonna ask that you this question, <laughs> and I just want you to think about it. My literally, my biggest inspiration always has been, you know, shout out Erica Badu, food for thought. You know, I got some mm. food in my bag, not not that edible food. You know, mm. it's for your mind, man. You know, food for thought. That's all I want to give people. I want to fix our appetite. I want to fix what we're eating, and you know, what we eat, what we digest physically is just as important as what we digest mentally, you know what I'm saying? Or vice versa, however you want to frame it. Yeah, dude, it. that's that Jesus shit, actually. That's that daily bread. Yeah, you dig? <laughs> you know, yeah. get your daily dose of skepticism, man. Get your daily dose of question the world around you. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, I think the internet is obviously fucking great for, you know, being pretty responsible for opening the eyes of a lot of people to that mainstream news and education has kind of been you know watered down and and definitely you know a little cherry picked little the information you, you know? know you know it's not all garbage but it's not all truth and they've they've seemed to have left a lot out so i i'm like super grateful for the internet for that reason and i think that's why we are seeing the uprisings that we're seeing you know because it's harder to 
slip bullshit by everybody because everybody's kind of like, oh, like I don't have to get my news from this this thing that's on from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. today. You know, there's just a lot of a lot of information out there. So for someone like yourself that is trying to, you know, mine for information on these things you're curious about, how are you like finding what you deem to be credible with so much information on each subject being out there and, and everything being like so saturated in that way. Well, it's a paradox. And for me, I've already come to the realization that the information that we get is uber processed already. It's never really from the source. It's like playing uh, that game telephone, you know, where the message is completely watered down by the end of the translation. So if I can look at multiple sources, which coming from like what I studied in college was physics, physiology, biology, chemistry, you know, like everything is evidence-based more or less. And you get trained, you get conditioned that that's the only way you accept information is if it has it been peer reviewed, you know, are multiple people looking at it and agreeing with this, you know what I mean? Like, and even that can be corrupted, but I would rather have something that I can take the similarities or take that middle ground in five of these different stories, as long as that middle ground is similar in all of them, if that makes sense, right? So hear me out when I say that. If Fox News has this crazy opinion of it, CNN has this crazy opinion, we often say, well, truth's probably somewhere in the middle. So then I look at a BBC and I look at this other international news and I, you know, even though there could be mass bias there, even though we tend to view these things as more um, objective, right? Subversion is a real thing. Countries subvert other countries. It happens all the time. It's happened historically, you know what I mean? Um, so if I can find some type of similarity through that, I can at least, you know, kind of weave my way through there. But like I said in the beginning, it's a paradox because there's no true formula. I can't say that the information that I'm gathering is facts. I can just say, hey, man, looks good to me from what I've from what I've heard. Every single show, check the show notes. I got four more info, gives you all the references to where you could check them out yourself and form your own opinion because I don't want to think for you. I don't want to tell you what to think. I could barely figure out if what I'm thinking about is real or not myself. So I can't yeah. think for these people. You're you know? just processing it as, you know, I mean, yeah. It, while you're doing it yeah and asking the question and, and that's the beautiful thing because my life has changed the most when people have posed a question instead of giving me an answer mm. pose a question i start thinking about it and i'm thinking to myself damn it's been three weeks why am i still thinking about this must mean something let me dive deeper let me stop running away from the things that i deem to be scary which a lot of the time we deem ourselves to be scary there's a lot of uncharted land in our mind that we refuse to go out and discover because the truth hurts, and that's a real thing, and not everyone is ready for the truth. So it's like the blue pill, red pill, and I'm red pill all day long, you know? <laughs> what do you attribute to you becoming curious and kind of breaking into these different layers of existence and, you know, not shying away from the, the things that maybe you're, you're scared of or have been taught to be scared of? So... I had a roommate when I was in college, when I was going to college in Santa Barbara. I, was, I went to the city college, Santa Barbara City College. And my roommate at the time, his name was Nikita. Dude's from St. Petersburg, Russia. 
Uh, so he's very, you know, pro-Russian, right? Shout out, which we shouldn't just automatically hate because, you know, that's where the patch of dirt this dude's from, right? So I got this dude in here. I'm super Bernie fanatic. My other roommates were all Bernie, you know, fanatics. All, you know, I got, I'm buying pins. Like my, like my pin buying is going to really make a difference in Santa Barbara <laughs> where everyone's voting for Bernie Sanders, kinda, right. like you said, right? So I'm doing the whole nine, trying to get this guy elected, and he he's a Trumper, you know? He loves Trump. And I'm just, like, trying to figure out, well... Like, let's have this discussion. He was a, he wanted to be a lawyer, right? So a dude had a way with words, similar to me. We both could debate, which we did all the time. We did nothing but debate. But it was constructive because I learned that a lot of my arguments and a lot of what I believed was very hollow. He was able to break right through them. So when he is providing the opposite side of everything that I'm seeing, and I'm like, damn, dude, like when you explain it to me and when we can have a conversation, even though it's in the form of, of a debate, you've actually schooled me and I've learned a little something. And I'm going to look into it myself to make sure that that's actually facts and you haven't just tricked me, but I'm going to do the work myself. So the more and more I was around this guy, you know, the more I just started to say, hey, there's more to the story than just what we're being told. You know, I had a history professor in college as well who taught me black history that I had never heard about before. And she was a white lady that belonged to a, some type of, uh, you know, indigenous tribe. Right. So one of those people where you're like, wow, you, you're really proud. You represent it. You look like just an ordinary white lady. But uh, shout out. You're, you're like you really about it. You're not just talk. And for her to teach us these things made me say, like, I got to start digging, man, you know. So being a curious person, being someone who obviously I think you could tell just talks his ass off, I, you know, I can keep going, keep going. I said, let me at least try to channel this into something that's a little more productive than, you know, just like trying to trying to roast people and joke on people and do all that, even though there's nothing wrong with that either. You know what I mean? But yeah. let me do something that feeds my curiosity where I can learn, learn and grow at the same time, because to conclude this rant coming from Modesto, California, I talked to you about this off air. I never imagined I would be here in Portland, Oregon, a, a college graduate, have a platform of any degree where people care about what I have to say whatsoever. This was never a part of my plan. This was never a goal of mine. It happened organically, naturally. And I think it only happened because how curious I was. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. I, uh, you know, Although I always like aspired to be some sort of uh, like in the broadcast world, you know, I always wanted to be a sports announcer when I grew up. Me too. That was kind of my that was my thing, man. I thought I was gonna do play by play for hockey or be a fucking sports center anchor or yeah. some shit like that. And then when I went to college and did the whole communications gamut, I was I I realized I had to do all these things that didn't really seem to. Th have to do with what i wanted to do no nope. and i fucking bailed on it and you know took a different path and whatever that's a that's a that's another story but sure. um yeah i think you know when you when you speak to that curiosity when you when you uh because like i i feel very similar about what i have kind of built for myself here and it's not big you know, it's a small, it's a small thing, but it's like, I've seen the growth of it. And it's, uh, when you have something like that to see the growth of and, and realize what you can build from the ground up. And like, when you really lean into your curiosities and creativity of being like, 
you know what, man? I'm going to move to Portland, Oregon, and I'm going to lead into to all the shit I've been wanting to do. I'm going to start a podcast, yeah. and maybe it's going to take a couple before I really settle into what, what I really want it to be, like what it sounds like with your, your Free Thinkers Club. is like, you know, there's different steps to it and different yeah. evolutions, and uh, but when you when you do it, you know, it can it unfolds in, in a pretty amazing way because it leads you to the, all of these things uh, that that would have never been a part of your path. You know, I never I never meet you. We yeah. never we never have this conversation if, if neither of us start the thing that we wanted to do. Right. It's funny how life works. Right. Yeah. Mysterious ways. You know, I mean, it's impossible to say we, we never cross paths, but this is what the the things that we created brought us here. Yeah. You know, you walk into Growlers that night because you're you're doing oh, you're, getting paid, you, but you know, you know you're, you're doing your thing though. Like yeah. you're you know, and yeah, so it's it, it's beautiful how how it works out when you do kind of step into the unknown. One hundred percent. Can I ask you another question, man? Yeah. So. Because I know we have to be humble, right? Uh, objectively, both of our followings are considered small. In the objective world, business world, they, they are small, right? Mine is considerably smaller than yours, but they're small nonetheless. Now, hear me out. I want to just ask you, give me a super rough estimate. If you even don't want to share, it's totally cool. For the people who do you think are actually legitimately engaged in following your content, right? Just throw a number out there. If just a rough estimate, you can even be mm. low on it if you want to be conservative. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that there um, is. I can give you mine if you want me to go first. I think that there is legitimately 500 to 1,000 people out there that give a shit about what I'm doing. Okay. And I would say that, like, that's what numbers show to me. Sure. And, um, like, the, the regular amount of people listening you know i think it's it's in that neighborhood i guess sure it's really that's not even super yeah. important the reason why i ask this is because once again as a non-religious man i like to point this out as a, as a matter of perspective right jesus had how many disciples he had uh, his 12 disciples 12 disciples right yeah it's quite if you look at that in people following you around everywhere you go it's quite a lot of people right you got 500 bro that's not small. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's huge. And the power of your voice is enormous, whether you know it or not, because I know as ambitious individuals who take the time to begin and start our own platforms, we have to think larger than where we're at because we want to continue to grow. But sometimes it's important to take a step back because your 500 got about 30, right? And for those 30 people, that is, it's quality over quantity, right? That organic people who care about what you have to say, doesn't matter the number if i had 30 people following me around everywhere i went i'd feel like i was king of the world you yeah know what I'm dude. Saying? i i hear you i mean just a matter of perspective and i'm like all. i'm in the you know a newer phase of doing the bible buds thing and that's yeah. like anywhere from five to 20 people yeah, you exactly. know and, it, and it's just like the cool thing though is like when you i mean i mean i, th I think i learned this most through doing this podcast i think when i when i started the dan cable presents podcast there were there was many months probably spent the first six months to a year where i check numbers every single day <laughs> see how many plays i got yesterday in comparison to today and where these plays are coming from sure and i think at like a certain point i just like realized that that is not like super beneficial to me and it's and not if very I, important if I, I i just love to do this and I don't check that shit anymore. Like I see it when I post new episodes, but I don't 
like actively seek out whom like how many people listened last week. I just don't necessarily yeah, it's not why I'm doing it. That's growth, though, right? Yeah. you could say from the start, it becomes numbers-based, analytics-based. It's, it's so much more fun, though, when you get into that, that point where you're not, like, banking your whole shit on this being this earth-shattering thing for your, like, financial success or, yeah. like, trying to gain popularity in that way. It just becomes, yeah, it just becomes more pure and shit. And, and it's, yeah, it's a, it's a learned thing because I, I spent plenty of time even like i said in the early days of this podcast or with other creative projects of like kind of trying to figure out oh how do i make this successful yeah. from a monetary like yeah. standpoint or like yeah how do i get that sponsorship early and it's just like who cares man it'll it's come like, you know and also it's it's just like learning for me that the value really is in the experience and it's cliche as fuck but i've i think it's these conversations i've kind of force myself into these situations to have conversations with people on a weekly basis and, sure. and a lot of times they're they're strangers or you know someone like you that i've i met one other time in passing and you know yeah i think that's it's good for my communication skills and it's good for me to be like we talked about outside of the comfort zone sometimes i'm driving to these things this wasn't the case today yeah. um but yeah sometimes i'm driving to these things and be like dude what am i doing i kind of hope this person texts me and cancels right now yeah you know and then and then i do the thing and i walk away from it saying i can't believe i almost missed out on that that filled me up yeah man you know sometimes it's like when preparation and opportunity meet beautiful things happen you know and oftentimes i found myself where doors are being open and people are nudging me into the doors and i'm shooting myself in the foot i'm tripping over myself because i just can't believe that the opportunity is there and the beauty is right just kind of like you say like damn i wish to cancel like i you know, i get the same way i you hear me talk all this man i promise i'm an introvert man you know I'm, I'm an introverted extrovert is what i like to call it super cliche but i like to be by myself and when i expend, extend this energy and all this i need to go back home and recharge and do all that right so oftentimes when someone wants to meet up or collaborate on something my visceral reaction is no like i'm gonna make an excuse not to until i realize hey like i need to have the discipline to do the things because this is an opportunity that you just can't visually see right now but when you miss out on that you realize damn i should have did that but then again you can't live on the shoulda coulda wouldas you know for sure and you gotta find the balance in that even in discipline i think sometimes yeah um i i this whole this podcast has been like a uh, an exercise in discipline in some way for me because i've been doing the every friday release yeah. for like over four years now like haven't missed a week holding yourself accountable and it's this thing man where i just don't want to let myself down and i know you know we talked earlier about how many you know how many people are actually checking it out even yeah. if it's a hundred people i know it's not going to be those people that are going to be like Oh, what the fuck? Dan didn't put an episode out this week. Yeah. It's going to be me that yeah. is like, well, why didn't I get this done? And I think part of that is healthy. And like part of it, I've had to like release a little bit and be like, yo, dude, if you're really having like a shit week, you know, maybe it's okay to let one slide. Or like I've been exploring some, some different avenues of the podcast been dropping some some different kind of uh 
some different shows within the feed, you sure. know, and, and sometimes having to say to myself, like, hey, that's you already did one this week. It's cool. Like that can be the one for this week. It doesn't have to be this interview series that you drop every single Friday. And so just trying to navigate that for myself, you know, and find the balance of being like, you know, discipline is good, but also, you know, know when to let up a little bit too. That's part of the discipline. You know what I mean? Having the discipline to not go and do it as well. You know, it's a weird, you know, compartmentalization of the mind, but at the same time, too, man, I really think because we're, you know, I, I'm, I'm generalizing super, assuming you think the way that I think, obviously not the case, but could be similarities. But in terms of the drive to hold yourself accountable to say, I have to do this. It's like the world will end if I don't do this, but I have to do this. Right. But people, in all honesty, man, probably don't even care. Really. No, you're, you're <laughs> absolutely. I know. Yeah. And it's 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 funny because I, I do know that. But I also know that, you know, a lot of my self-worth. I can tie to being productive. So let me let me hit on that really fast because you just hit a chord in me right now, man. That's the other part why I stopped doing the Just a Moment podcast because I stopped and I, I messed up my routine. I got out of that weekly thing and I held my identity was the podcast guy. <laughs> and that my it's intense dude so it's as if i went and took some mushrooms man and my ego dissolved you know what i mean like i was like i had i had a complete breakdown transformation of character and turned in to this new person cut my hair did the whole thing you know what i'm saying i used to have the long you know hair the long braid you know and uh, i had to just cut the whole hair i know that's super cliche too but it was a real life transformation that took me into this path where I said, I'm going to do this and whatever people think, if I can, if I get three plays an episode, I'm still doing it because I, I want to do it. Yeah. Not because I feel like I have to do it, but because I want to do it. For sure, man. Because that's when it's like really powerful and empowering to yourself. And yeah, man. I mean, yeah, that's, that's funny that you kind of like, you know, had that whole identity, you know, crisis shift yeah. and crisis and, and not just like where it becomes like, your whole aesthetic needs to change as a person and shit. You know, I, I always joke with people that like when I'm done with this, I'm going to fucking shave my beard and get LASIK surgery and like not require glasses. And I'm just going to like disappear. And <laughs> what's homeboy. That was the news guy. He was, uh, he was clean cut. You know, he was the news guy. Then he retired, grew, grew out a beard, got hella skinny. Somebody going to know who watches the news okay. on a regular basis. I don't, it's, I don't know any of these people's name. I probably should sure. have brought it up, but let me just, I want to tie this back into what we were talking about earlier because I didn't get to conclude and I think this is important. So in terms of doing the Portland Free Thinkers thing, you know what I'm saying? Another key facet to me doing it was me saying, hey man, I've been in Portland for, I moved here in, I've been here for four years. So like 2016, beginning of 2017, something like that, right? I'm I'm around all my music cats, all my friends. I keep seeing this Dan Cable guy pop up around town. Who is this guy? Why <laughs> I open up a magazine in Vortex and Dan Cable is right there, you know, slapped <laughs> up on there. Who is this guy? You know what I'm saying? Why is he making so much noise? He must be doing something right. Then I see, oh, it's Dan Cable Presents doing all these artists that I'm friends with. I go and check it out. I say, okay, this is a thing. This is, this is a man of enterprise. This is a man who says, I'm going to make something happen. I'm going to build my own thing. And that's the biggest thing right there. And the biggest thing that I can preach is ownership and empowerment and, and saying that even if it doesn't gravitate or take off right away, I'm going to build up this product and it's mine. And, you know, I own 100 percent of this thing, man. You know what I mean? Give me a sponsor here and there. But this is mine. 
you can easily go be like, let me go work for OPB or let me go get on KMHD or something like that. I'm not going to say easily, but you can go and do that to where it's not your thing. You know what I mean? But you opted to do something different. So I say I'm already one of those kind of in that like minded spirit where I, I want to be an entrepreneur, whatever that means to you. I, I want to be a creator. I've always viewed myself as a creator, but everybody does. So it really doesn't mean anything. But I want to do things my way. I'm tired of people telling me what I can and can't say. I'm tired of people telling me how I can say things. And I'm tired of people telling me like telling me what to do, man. You know what I'm saying? And it sucks because you have to just take it sometimes. I work a nine to five, man. I'm not the boss. <laughs> You know, and even when you are the boss, don't get it confused because your boss is your customer. You'll never be the boss. You'll you always have to answer to somebody. But if I have to answer to somebody, let it be the customer. Not Don't let it be somebody who I think is inept at their job. And, and you know, there's all the hierarchy and power dynamics there. Because, like I said, man, I don't adhere to the group thing. So I'm not always going to be on board. I'm going to have questions. And questions get you in trouble, bro, I'll tell you. I think a lot of people don't believe it. I've been I've been chastised on many occasions, you know what I mean, if that's the correct verbiage, for asking questions. People get insecure when you ask questions because they think that you're undermining the, what they believe. They get insecure because instead of just adhering and doing what they say, you ask why. And a lot of people don't have a why for you, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So to tie that all up, I see this Dan Cable dude, and I say, hey, man, I'm a man of enterprise, too. Let's make it happen. Hopefully, I see him at the top. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and here we are, sitting down, chopping it up, man. So it's it's mystery how the world works, but it's a beautiful thing. Amen. Amen. Yeah. All right, man. It's cool. Um, yeah. It's uh, so many people have inspired me to do the thing that I'm doing, you know? And uh, I just want people to do the thing that fucking they dig doing and i think the earlier that you learn that it's uh it's really key it's really helpful and i'm just incredibly impressed by the the people that uh you know are are younger than me that, that that i like see that they've already like that's already clicked in for them you know sure like someone like yourself uh I, I, I just like surround i don't know i've uh i think it's maybe just getting involved in the in the music community i've just met a lot of people that are a little bit younger than me and uh like someone like my cousin who's like become like just a fucking huge inspiration to me and uh just just watching things click in for him and it's kind of like kind of what you were saying earlier when you're talking about that professor you know, mm-hmm. that drops this knowledge on you that you that you weren't expecting to come from this person. Yeah. And I think that's uh, like also just like an important thing is that anyone can offer you a nugget of information that can really like shift your thought process and your perspective. And it can be someone that you disagree with. You know, it can be someone that you really like, it can be someone that you don't know at all. Yeah. You know, it can it can come from anyone. Sometimes from the people you least expect it to come from as well. And that's why we have to remain open-minded, you know? Yeah, man. Absolutely. Because like I said, the labeling thing, right? You know, you could label even your friend. Oh, that's that one goofy friend. You know, we don't really take them too serious. But sometimes, like I said, even if people's whole entire outlook is terrible, 
as hard of a pill it is to swallow, you know, sometimes there's a little bit of merit in there. Even if the rest is disgusting, at least take that little gem because everybody has gems to offer. I truly believe that. For sure. And you also have to examine, like, why you don't want to hear this thing, too. Yeah. And, if you know, sometimes it's because you don't want to admit something within yourself, too. Sure. And it's often that, you know, seeing what you uh, don't like in yourself and people and that's that triggering you that's a big pretty one pretty heavy look at this man this is a, a, a independent thought free thinking clinic right here man <laughs> you know people should have to pay for it and i'm joking <laughs> they shouldn't what i would love is we have public radio like we got opb and just a free thinking station something dedicated i'm sure there might even be something out there that i don't know and i wish it would get more traction but something where you can really dedicate a whole entire public broadcast free free 99 independent thought free thinking, skepticism, and a safe space, even though I hate that word, you know, a safe space for independent thought, you know? And our reason why I say I hate that is because I don't think we should, like, that's where we've we've gone to, this territory where we have to have safe space to just question things. And it, it, sometimes, man, my out, it makes my outlook on life a little pessimistic because I, I see more groupthink than I see independent thought, and I see more people being ruled guilty in the court of public opinion with no due process and you know i just feel for the people who have been wronged by that system but i also understand a lot of people don't get caught for things that they deserve to be buried underneath the jail for so it's a it's a complex issue once again but if i have any message to give you know anybody who wants to listen you know due process is important for a reason it's a constitutional right you know what i'm saying like if we're not going to value the Constitution, can you say that you love this country? You know, whether whatever your feelings are of it, there's other places in the world where things might not be as pretty. There could be other places in the world where things are way better. But you're here, and if you want to be like this all-American dude, whatever side of the spectrum you want, at least like adhere to the Constitution a little bit, right? That's like the sacred document. It's supposed to be sacrilegious to violate that thing, but our police violate it all the time. The federal police have violated it here. You know, well, I don't know if the federal have. I know PPB violated their little tear gas yeah. rule and all that <laughs> several man. times yeah you know yeah. And, and that's the thing is like if you're blatantly disrespecting the constitution who are you serving what country are you protecting you know because you you violating the constitution you know what i'm saying the freedom of assembly that ain't no violation but i'm sure somebody will have a completely different opinion than me and if you want to have civilized debate you know i'm all i'm all ears you know what i'm saying come holla at me we can have civil discourse hopefully but uh, if you can't have civil discourse, it probably tells you your opinion sucks. <laughs> yeah, or that it's, yeah, maybe not built upon much. But <clears throat> I don't know, man. Hopefully a more common ground is found over time. You know, I think can hopefully uh, at, least, at least hope for that and just realize that the Internet age and how we handle everything at this moment is, like, all pretty new still. You know, we haven't been doing this Internet thing that long and it's the last it's frontier of freedom would you say it's changed the way things are done it's changed the way information has been dispersed and sure. like that's just like another thing that's obviously you know as long as technology exists until the next uh big shakeup of the earth when everything gets wiped clean again like it's going to be it's going to be a part of the deal now like more in the future than ever probably so it could all be a dream, man. You know, it could all be the Matrix, dog. You <laughs> feel me? You got to be open to that, too, man, because to see it's arrogant to sit here and think you know how the world works. We're too small for that. 
you can't understand something that that is such a large thing i don't think yeah you know and it's just it's it's silly sometimes when i see people who think they got to figure it out and it's like man you know, we thought the world was flat at one point, right? And everyone was so locked in, right? I'm at talking at one point. I'm, yeah, right. I know. I was about to say, I like I'm talking back then, the old version of this, not the new one. But you know, just stuff like that, where you know, those people who made those life changing discoveries, yeah, guess what, man? They got labeled. They got thrown in jail. You know what I mean? They it's, they were, uh, you know, it's treason or whatever. You know, trying to spread this misinformation. So they say Jesus is the the fucking poster boy yeah, for that. Dude. You know, but people like to look at reality in a distorted lens and if it helps them go to bed at night i think people sometimes look at reality like mythology like they could just like curate their own reality and tell their own version of the story yeah i think you have to too well that is what is you know, that's part of that's part of the that's part of the life experience you mythology know? is simply just like a, a an old school version of just storytelling and life as humans we learn through narrative stories right so it's like a blessing and a curse i guess you know yeah, you just got to remember that we're all just out here. You know, we've all just been placed out here. Nobody asked to be out here. That's true. And uh, be lucky I for would, the experience. I would like to think that most people are not trying to interfere in your experience in a negative way, even though it can feel like that often. I don't think that, that is most people's intention. Uh, but you know there are some people that are trying to shake shit up on a regular basis too those people do exist they exist in every group of people there's good people in every group there's shitty people in every group agreed it's the fucking the map of the world is a wild place you know just be kind to people man <laughs> oh what do we got there I don't know, but we're good over here, man, <laughs> you know? God damn. <laughs> God damn, getting shit going on early. Um, just to wrap up, how do you how do you feel? You're like 20-plus episodes, 20, what, 3, 24 episodes just into the Free Thinkers. Just yeah. Uh, how do you feel like the the show has evolved just in that, that 23 episodes of where it's at now? confidence man just like anything else in the beginning you know not really confident in getting my ideas off but the more that i can and also you got to think about it like this man i was doing a guest experience for 30 episodes which turned into a monologue show right and well, like that's like you said you're you're making you are the talent now you can't yeah. there's no there's not like this other person to play off of, of most of the time but i urge people because i know it looks easy you know what i'm saying but i urge people just set a camera up and try to talk into it coherently for like 30 minutes right you'll probably fold after like 30 seconds you know what i'm saying so for me that's been the hardest part of anything i got the ideas can i talk to cameras by myself and speak with the engagement and the articulation the same way that I would when I'm feeding off the energy of someone sitting across from me. And that's the big component is you have to bring all the energy. You don't get to borrow anyone's energy, you know, but you know, it's not that hard in the grand scheme of things. I could be doing some, you know, manual labor. This really yeah, is really sure. of a mental you're, exercise. You're doing it because you love doing it. Exactly. So obviously you, you bring that energy to it. Try to man. Sometimes it's difficult, you know, sometimes, it's not there, but you gotta you gotta bring it anyways. You dig you know? for it. Would you would you say it's similar to you know a musician, man? You know you go up, you perform all the time. Some nights you don't got the energy, but you gotta perform because you're a professional at the right. end of the day. Sometimes you have a lot going on. Exactly. Outside of your the thing that you love, and it's very distracting. Sometimes a pandemic happens, and you know you just gotta keep pushing along. Right. You know, 
And here we are, and that's the thing, man. Some people will use this as an excuse to shut everything down. And I don't mean that in terms of business and stuff. I'm trying to like shut up, shut down their productivity, whatever they want to use that word as, and uh, just mail it in. And I'm not gonna say that's a bad thing, but I think, like I said off air before, man, you know, I think somebody, some group, I don't know who, wanted us to become complacent and dependent. And now is the time to work harder than ever, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I've, uh I've talked to a lot of mostly musicians, but creatives in general, just about how much creativity um, can be produced under parameters. And I feel like this quarantine is our parameters right now. You know, sure. That's what we have to work under. And it's, uh, I don't know, man. I love to see the people that are like thriving and doing their thing still and not letting it uh, completely you know take them off course from what they were doing so exactly you know. I, I appreciate you uh you know doing your thing yeah and likewise man yeah it's it's just good i think when you do get involved in like a community like this it's good to it's good for me to see you posting your episode every week it's yeah, good for yeah. me to see those videos every week it's like oh Derek's doing his shit. Iron sharp iron. Am I doing, am I doing right? my shit? Yeah. Did I get my shit done? Exactly. You know, and when you start, when you have enough of those people around you to, you know, it's it's a, it's like this unnecessary communication of accountability. Yeah. You know, I don't need you to like, you know, no, nor do I think you would be comfortable at this point to be like, yo, Dan, did you put out your episode? Where's your episode this week? But, you know, like I said, just seeing seeing you put your shit out is like, all right, cool. Yeah, like, it's a, bar, a bar gets set, man. And that's what I love about this community is I don't think people it's not a scarcity mindset out here. And I love that because I could say or you could say, hey, man, your competition I don't want to talk to you. It doesn't make not. sense to me. Exactly. Instead, it's saying, hey, how about we collaborate? How about we have a conversation, combine these platforms, and let's Maybe see Maybe rise together. Talk. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why I appreciate you extending an invitation to come and talk to, talk to me, just like you know when I have certain guests on my platform saying, hey, man, I want to come pick your brain because I think you got something to say. I don't think I need to shy away from you because I feel intimidated or whatever the case may be. If anything, it's an honor, man. Like It's cool that I get to do this. For sure. And I wouldn't have like had you on if i didn't want people to check out your shit like i'm exactly. just like oh he's doing something cool yeah check it out yeah man. Like, yeah it but it's that iron sharpens iron mentality and i know you just had max 91 on the bible buds yeah and he's also been on on this podcast before yeah as well as like almost every er, i think everybody but like zay sims is the only person that hasn't been on my podcast that you uh you got to get them that you hit me with uh on, yeah. the, on the list of songs yeah man yeah so i was like oh cool we have a lot of like crossover in our community it's literally the same exact people i think we were just the missing links we were just we failed to actually <laughs> leave. Like, like literally everybody else it's all the same thing you know what i mean <laughs> but um you know but like i said with max 91 I, I talk to him pretty frequently and what i like is that he's independently driven which, just like you said, gives me a bar. And I don't have to compare myself. I don't compare myself. Instead, what I do is I say, hey, man, that guy's working hard. I got to make sure I'm working hard. Right. Not because he's working hard, but because I see someone is taking the initiative. And I know I have the same drive to take that initiative. So why don't I do it? It's just inspiration. And it's good inspiration because those things can get ugly. Instead, when you talk with these people, when you communicate with them and say, hey, bro, I see what you're doing. That's super dope. And then he hits me back with, 
come on, bro, you know, we got to get something going. We got to work this. We're going to make this happen. It's and important. Exactly. And, and, and it's it's friendly competition, but in a productive way. And, and I love it, man, because it drives me and it motivates me. And why am I going to spend time and precious energy and time, right, with people who you feel like you kind of got to drag along? You know, people who you feel like you have to for lack of a better term, you know, kind of turn yourself down a little bit, turn it a couple notches down to connect with these people. Not always a bad thing, but that's not the people who I want to be constantly around because I think we're just a product of our environment. Like we are who we hang out with. Oh well, yeah. And it, I, that kind of goes back to, you know, developing your own independent platform. Cause you can kind of just work with people when you want to, and yeah. you know, you don't have to be tied to just, one partner, you know, exactly. the same producer every day, you know, or yeah. and Choice, what man. have you. But yeah, man, I think I think it is important to like not see people as competition because you never know like what's going to come. Even you know, nothing further could come of our connection beyond this conversation. But like in a year, we could be collaborating on a project together because we had we like you know we decided to meet up and yeah. didn't see it as competition you know exactly see it as you know another person to feed off the energy because we're both out here trying to do our thing well well like you said you see i, I said we're both more or less self-taught doing sound engineering stuff you say hey man listen i don't know everything but you got a question holla at me and that's what it's about right there just like what's up likewise obviously yeah, dude, like but with all of us we all have different skills so it's it's a community i've never been a part of a community before i moved here and same. i i really i think this is the weird thing about portland take the city for what it's worth but there's a real community aspect here and i love that so much man um because you know you don't even got to talk to these people every day you know it's all love yeah. you know everyone's working i i feel that man and it just goes back to what you said of you know just being that that kid from modesto yeah. never thought he was gonna have a community like he has you know exactly. and i and i just feel the exact same way yeah. I've, I've never been so connected to something yeah you know it's something to be proud of and why i want to you know i don't envision myself being in portland for the rest of my life but while i am here i want to make real difference i want to bring people together instead of divide them further apart which is why i want people to ask questions you know fuck yeah yeah well, i appreciate you man i appreciate your time i appreciate what you're doing with the the free thinkers club yes sir. the daily depository i'll put all the links in the episode notes any anything else you want to you want to plug before we uh, properly end this thing? Uh, you know, check out the podcast. All you have to do is type in Portland Free Thinkers Club wherever you want to type it in. Google, Bing, go ask Jeeves, whatever you want to do. Um, folks, man, if there's any message I got for you, I've already said it in the podcast, but don't follow a dogmatic approach. And what I mean by that is don't believe something unquestioned you know at least form your opinion do your little bit of research and have an open mind man because the people you least expect the people who dress a certain way that you automatically stereotype might be incredibly smart and they might really surprise you like an individual i'm gonna do a, a plug here because i think this would be important for for the people for all people there's a gentleman his he has a podcast i'm wearing his shirt right now it's called bow of the fifth column my shirt says banned books are the best books he is a gentleman who i don't want to generalize looks sort of like yourself lack the tattoos but more on the conservative end of the scale right you look at this dude you think he's a trumper all the way and then you hear him talk and you say oh that's why we don't judge books by their cover because this dude is a eloquent 
eloquently spoken, articulately spoken man, and he has really balanced approaches to the way he looks at things. It's not one side, it's not the other, but it's just like a very humanistic approach to say, come on, man, we, I thought we had morals and ethics. What's right is right. What's wrong is wrong. Check him out if you, if you feel that you want to. Um, but, you know, support independent thought. That's all I got. Sorry for the rant. Oh, <laughs> the rants are appreciated. That's why I brought you on. Yeah. And like I said, I, I feel like uh, what you present in uh, through the podcast feels to me very balanced. And I like your approach of just presenting more questions and not trying to, to feed answers to people, but just providing them with information to to get the wheels turning. Um, we end every episode of the podcast with the guests of the show saying it's a program. So if we could get the, uh, you know, the Portland Free Thinkers Club, it's a program. We can uh, we can properly move out on this. I got you. Am I just saying your line? Do I put the PFTC in front? You can do whatever you want with it. Folks, it's a program. <laughs> he nailed it, everybody. Uh, I'll put all the links in the episode notes. We're going to play it out with, uh, with a song from one of my favorite Portland artists. His name is Mal London. He has been on the podcast before. I love what this dude is doing. Each project just keeps getting better and better. And I asked Derek to uh, hit me with some tunes to curate the music for this one because I know he is also a music head. And uh, as he mentioned before, spent a lot of time in Portland talking to Portland musicians. So we, we know a lot of the same people and and from the list he provided me, uh, we, we have a respect for a lot of the same musicians and, and dig what they're doing. But we're going to play it out with a song called Low Key. It's off uh, Mal London's What's Missing Project. He did this with Zay Sims. This is such a killer record. I was listening to it on the way here for a refresher. But like I said, everything Mal is doing, uh, he's, he's doing it well and uh, just stoked to see what he continues to do. I'm stoked to see what uh, Derek does with the, the Portland Freethinkers Club. So definitely give that a follow. Check out what he's doing. And uh, that's the Jelly Jams, everybody. We will catch you on the flip side, Portland.
gun is shot, but this is how you move. You move, see, I'ma go ahead and sit back, sip this 30 proof. Proof, cause I know my demons have been living through you. But how she got me started, got me feeling like a project. Mm-hmm. Say she don't like the party, that ain't really her object. Mm-hmm. The way Shadi got so hard, not sure if I can stop it. Uh-huh. But I know prices, living deposits, doing I can't do. Just oh, been no, no. Low key, low key, low key. Folks, it's a program. Dig.